Welcome to Social Distance Warriors. It's uh, April 27th in the year 2022, and it's a Wednesday. Thursday. It's a Wednesday. Yes, it's a Wednesday. And my name is Tom, and I'm not an expert, and this is Social Distance Warriors, which I think I already said. Uh, Rat, you go. I'm Rat. I'm also not an expert on COVID-19 or the ongoing pandemic that is also COVID-19. Here we are this evening. How's it been? Um, it's been pretty good. I'm very tired, uh, but that's just because of my sleep schedule, <laughs> not because of any um, unfortunate circumstances or anything. How are you? I was very tired, but um, as I mentioned before we started recording, uh, I am riding a, sort of an adrenaline high of completing one of our action items from last week that I had completely forgotten about. So I, I'm kind of being fueled by that oh, at do, this moment. Are, are we going to jump straight into action items? It's a little unorthodox, but do you want to? Okay, I let's do it. Let's, hey, what were our action items last week? I wrote down three. Let's jump right into it. Let's start with the one that you're energized about. The one that I had completely forgotten about and just did moments before um, we started recording was to experiment with sauce. Ooh. I made a... It was certainly an experiment, and there are ways in which it does feel like false advertising. It was a recipe that sort of titled itself as a creamy, no-oil, vegan, cauliflower, alfredo sauce. Mm. All of those words together. And it was not all of those words in reality, but (laughs) it was vegan. It was no-oil. It was cauliflower. Creamy and alfredo, it, it did not look or taste like an alfredo sauce um in fact until i mentioned the name of the recipe to my housemates they were not thinking of it that way (laughs) they thought it was like a a side kind of people do cauliflower rice as a rice alternative and that was what they were solidifying it as not as a like sauce but it, it worked i would make it again i would not make this volume of it again because Mm. the sort of other part of the experiment is uh the recipe called for one cup of cauliflower and one thing about that is that one cup of cauliflower is a little different than one cauliflower as i discovered yeah one of those is more in a big way yeah is that why you um why it had the wrong consistency I, I think it was never going to be a creamy Alfredo sauce, but no, I, I like proportioned up with the amount of cauliflower. It, it was just never going to be a creamy Alfredo sauce. If I had used a non-vegan recipe, like if I had used heavy cream to add to it, then it probably would have been creamy, but uh, like using almond milk, that's not going to... That's not going to do it. Mm. Are you vegan? No, um, I am not vegan. But um, Madison, who was uh, on an episode of this podcast that hopefully in the chronology of <laughs> our podcast, listeners will have heard uh, her before. Uh, she is uh, lactose intolerant. So okay. sometimes I make like non-dairy versions of things. All right. Because I was going to ask if cicadas were vegan. And I don't think they are. <laughs> no. Fact: Cicadas are not vegan. Yeah, um, this is the this is the action item that I did not do. Um, I did not really experiment with sauce. At least I don't think I did. I mean, I have followed instructions. I I've been back on HelloFresh occasionally, and sometimes they will 
have me mix two components together and say, that's a sauce. But I don't know if I would consider it experimenting if I'm just mindlessly following exactly what's told to me and like not even using the sauce in an interesting way or or just like I'm making this sauce because it's in this box <laughs> and it's been presented to me as the appropriate sauce to make <laughs> for this meal. So I feel like that experimenting is something that's been done in the HelloFresh uh, kitchen and not in my kitchen, but I guess I have done various sauces from HelloFresh. Like, you're taking like baby steps to experiment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about our other action items or do we want to hold off until later? <laughs> I, I think let's talk about them now. Um my question for you is how many times have you seen the movie uh, Everything Everywhere all at once? I have seen it three times because I liked it a lot and I just happened to – it just it just happened to, to pan out that way. You've seen it, haven't you? I have, yes. Um, I went to a movie theater while I was visiting uh, my family and friends in Virginia um, and I had a good time. Did you enjoy the film? Yes. One kind of not related to the film at all, but does make me want to either see the film again or wait until it is available for digital streaming. Kind of glitch with my viewing experience is I had hoped that I would be able to use a closed caption device to watch the movie and I got one and inspired several other members of the theater who saw me with it to also go get one. But my caption device did not work. And so I went to go get another one and it also did not work. Uh, But by then the movie had started and it's kind of always a like issue with uh, personalized closed caption devices of, do I want to miss the first 10 minutes of the movie trying to go figure that out? Or just kind of tough it out and miss some of the detail that having the subtitles on screen helps me with movie comprehension. So there are some things I feel missing in my movie experience, but that Mm. is not the fault of the film. That's sort of the fault of the way movie theaters do closed captioning. Um, So I know that these devices exist, but I don't really know anything about them or how they work or what they even really do. Like, where are the closed captions displayed? It's displayed. You have, um, how to best describe this? You have a kind of, like, bulky little thing that goes in your movie cup holder where you would, like, put a soda or something. And it kind of shoots up with a bendable kind of wiry thing that you can angle to be kind of right under your vision of the movie screen. And then... It's kind of like neon green sub subtext that comes up and it's supposed to, when it is working, match with what theater you're in and what movie is playing and then put the subtitles uh, timed to the movie on screen. So you're always kind of just like looking a little bit under the movie, but it's like, again, kind of mimicking what is a lot easier and doesn't have the capacity to like break for very silly reasons of just turning on subtitles of the movie it is mimicking that but to as not have to do that for the rest of the theater huh that that is interesting 
Yeah, I, I've always been kind of curious as to like what the deal was with those things, but I've never I've never used them. It seems to be kind of like a um, like a form of augmented reality almost. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate um, and do not get a lot out of like 3D glasses or IMAX or kind of other enhanced viewing experiences. And I would also much prefer like it's not very to use a like education term. It's not very universal design of uh, the movie theater to uh, do it in this way. It, it would be a, a lot more beneficial and put a lot less hassle on like the individual who is asking for closed captionings if you made it so like they didn't have to go and request that individually if it was just kind of an automatic thing but that is not the common practice for movie theaters and Hmm. well what can you do not much i can i can't do much (laughs) about that (laughs) yeah yeah, so we had another action item, which was to make a playlist. Did you do this? Yeah, I did this on SoundCloud. Uh, I, it was not a new, unique playlist. It was one that I had already made for when I was working in my cage wash job and listened to music all day. Uh, and then I accidentally deleted that playlist. And then I, I made it again by sort of trying to craft together my listening history after accidentally deleting it on SoundCloud, and I did manage to get it back. That was my playlist. What's your methodology for when it's time to pick songs for a playlist? How do you do that? Well, this one was how like how embarrassed do I want to be at every any given moment uh, <laughs> when in Cage Wash uh, we have Bluetooth speakers, so like it, it was not only like possible to consciously choose to like put my musical tastes on blast but sometimes i don't know like if you've had this with bluetooth speakers sometimes like it will pick up unintentionally or unwantedly other bluetooth connected devices mm. like if i'm listening to music privately on my own but the bluetooth speaker remembers me and gets turned on then it would be like oh rat wants everyone to be hearing uh glee music from rat's bone that's rumor has it someone like you mashup that's Mm. what people want to be hearing so for me it's a balance of like how embarrassed (laughs) do i want to be and then my musical taste of songs that are on fan videos, songs that I've heard because my friends have played them for me, and uh, songs that made me feel sad in high school. Does your playlist have a name? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, and can I share I it in the show it, notes? But I can or? look it up. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's a public playlist. Yeah, <laughs> you can. You, you did can mention play. it was embarrassing to you personally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have a great title. It's called... Pro songs only, comma, for work, because I, I bought SoundCloud Pro when I started mm. at my cage wash and animal care position in order to listen to the kind of uh, paywalled songs that are on SoundCloud. Nice. Yeah, so I created a playlist as well. And the way I went about it, which is often my playlist methodology, is I just started listening to all my music on shuffle, and then I just like started picking things either skipping songs like hey i don't want to listen to this right now and if it was good then i would just like add it to the playlist like oh okay i'm feeling this i'm feeling this and so i have a uh a fairly random assortment of songs in a playlist called i eat salads now which is the title of the first song that was in the playlist which is i eat salads now by sydney gish 
And um, yeah, I just sort of created a random assortment of songs and it's my primary way of listening to music now is on my own personal Plex server. So this is not a publicly available playlist, but I could probably recreate it in Spotify and then add that to the show notes as well. Because all of these songs, I'm just glancing at them. Yeah, all of these songs are probably available on Spotify. Well, you should do that. I will. I will. And then even though we're uh, in in different parts of the country, I can put on your I Eat Salads Now playlist and you can put on my Pro Songs Only for Work playlist and we can in that way <laughs> be connected. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to uh, to be connected with other people through the power of music. Yeah, that was actually um, sort of... Uh, a segue into um, what I kind of wanted to talk about that's a little pandemic-y and a little um, current news topic, which is connecting with people uh, and how we have, we, you and me and we, I don't know, the listeners, uh, have been forming like social connections during the pandemic, Hmm. which is a topic like on its own, but is also a topic of how, uh, for example, Twitter and other social medias have been part of that, helpful in that, not helpful with that, no longer a part of that. (laughs) Um, Because uh, one thing I thought about this week was uh, the the fate of our social distance warriors uh, Twitter account. Oh, oh, okay. So I think maybe one of the reasons you were wondering that is because because Twitter is – reportedly being purchased by an insane billionaire and for that reason i have i have said that i'm not going to use twitter anymore i don't know if you're going to use twitter anymore but um i i do fully intend to still maintain twitter accounts for social distance warriors and also for the moment podcast i'm just not gonna use my own personal twitter account anymore so i mean i'm as far as i was concerned that our our social our social media accounts would still continue by social media accounts i mean the one that we have not not that there are multiple but our twitter would still continue is that is that um would you prefer that it it disappear uh no okay okay it can stay (laughs) it can stay yeah are um are you are do do you have feelings about your relationship with Twitter and how it may change soon? I don't know, because I feel like a lot of people have been thinking about that. Some people have been like, well, it doesn't need to. So I'm curious to know what you're thinking. I think that probably my relationship with Twitter is going to change. It's in a way of like, I don't know, the way my relationship with classmates that I have at the end of the school year changes or friends I meet at summer camp after summer camp ends changes where whatever I do there is a big change coming to Twitter um and it is kind of a reminder to me that while some things online are quote-unquote forever like Twitter itself is not a like site I should put my faith in being there and being a reliable way to communicate with people forever Mm. so what is definitely going to change for me is it's kind of like i i need to make sure that i go through if there are people on twitter right now that (laughs) i want to like say something to or make some kind of connection with should they leave twitter or should it kind of not become a way that is our main source of communication anymore i i need to do that or else kind of the choice will be made for me by them vanishing (laughs) yeah yeah that makes sense i mean one of the things i'm doing right now is 
I've been in the process of what I've been referring to as winding down my Twitter presence because I haven't just, I didn't just all of a sudden stop using it, but I have been kind of going through the list of people I follow and almost like weighing their souls against a feather um, to determine which ones of them uh, I intend to carry forward with me into this next stage of my life. Or to to put it more um, specifically, I have been trying to figure out, all right, is this a person that I um, feel like I want to continue to have some kind of connection with? And if so, how can I do that? And in some cases, the answer is no, I, I don't want to have a connection with this person anymore, <laughs> either because I never really liked them anyway, or I just haven't been close to them in many years and don't care to do that again unless unless they want to take steps. So it's been fairly easy to let some people go. Um, and in other cases, there have been people that I have had no difficulty on following because, for instance, I think I've already unfollowed you. And I think the, the, I think the reason for that Thanks. is because I don't ha- like I don't have any worry about that. Like I I already have like I have a podcast with you. It's not as though the fact that I'm no longer on Twitter means I'm never gonna never gonna hear from you again. I also have other platforms that I that I interact with you on. So there, there was a number of people like some of the people I'm closest to are the people that I've had the easiest time saying like this this Twitter the connection between us that's expressed on Twitter is not is not the primary connection. So it's not important. It's almost like the more loosely held connections, the ones where Twitter is the only thread that ties me to them, where I'm like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to be thoughtful about like what, what this, what this does if I, if I sever this connection. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, uh, and I think that sounds well. I don't know how does that feel T- to me. It sounds like that would be a mix of like somewhat kind of draining to go through. I don't know how many people you followed on Twitter, but. Um, maybe also clarifying to actually methodically go through and, uh, I don't know, think about people. I, Twitter, like social media has the thing where it's like people who are your friends, but it's like people who you follow kind of conflating the two, but going through and thinking about people you have followed on Twitter and what they do or do not, uh, mean to you and what purpose it doesn't, does not like serve you. Mm. Um, so I do wonder how that has felt. Um, I mean, some of the decisions have have been like, I don't know if I'd say tough, but they've been like a little sad because like, I don't know, I I, I have tried to be like really pragmatic about it. Um, And part of of that's been a little bit easy because I already had, in addition to following people on Twitter, I also had made excessive use of Twitter lists. Mm -hmm. But they were all private Twitter lists, so no one ever knew what list they were on. But I sure knew what list they were on. Um, so it was fairly easy for me to go through the various different lists and say like, all right, this is the list of people that I know through Doctor Who fandom. And I had two separate lists for that. I had one, which is just like people that I knew through fandom or people that I like, people that were like close friends of mine that I had made through fandom. And I was able to like put myself in that mindset and not have to look individually at each um, at each person I follow and then each one consider like complete reset, like, okay, I need to figure out this person, you know, uh, John Doe and then consider John Doe. And then all of a sudden, all right, decision made on John Doe, move on to the next one. It's more like I could, I could think of people in batches, which is not a particularly humanizing way of thinking of people, but, um, was helpful for, for this endeavor. And there are, there are a few people who for, for various reasons, I, want to continue to have Twitter DMs available to me as a way of interacting with them, 
which means mm. that um, my list of people I'm following right now, um, and by right now I mean either right now on April 27th or right now on the day this is posted, you may see just like a weird assortment of people that may not indicate any particular thing other than the fact that like, oh, I feel like I, like this is this is a thing where I haven't figured out any way to connect with this person except from for over Twitter, which I don't know is a weird thing to have out there in public. Uh, now that I'm saying that on this podcast about how like yeah, look at the people I'm following. These are the people that I'm having a difficult time socially connecting with or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's quite it, but yeah, I've just rambled a bunch. But it, it's it's been yeah. it's been difficult and complicated, and it it's um. I mean, I never, I never followed that many people on Twitter. Though I mean, I, I always tried to keep my number of people I was following fairly low. I don't know what a normal amount of people to follow on Twitter was, but for me, I think the highest it ever got was about three hundred and fifty. Whereas I know, I know some people who will follow thousands or tens of thousands of people, and I feel like that's a, I followed a pretty low number of people. Does that sound low? I don't know what what sounds low to you. <laughs> Uh, I don't actually know my own Twitter following account. I'm looking that up. Doing, I'm fact checking <laughs> on myself. Um, I currently follow 342 people. Oh, okay, okay. That's so it's normal. That's normal. Um, I will say the relationship that I think you are describing with like trying to remain in contact with uh, particular people on Twitter is, I still have a Facebook and that is mm. the same kind of relationship I have towards, you know, people I am friends with on Facebook is these are people who I have, this is my way of communicating with them. And I don't necessarily have another way that I would communicate with them yet discovered or yet acted upon. Uh, because I think <laughs> that is especially like f Facebook because Facebook is sort of like, Oh, you should follow the people who are in your life, who you know, who you knew from school and you can reconnect with mm -hmm. is sort of like offering you that beautiful, uh, illusory promise of like, hey, you, these people who were once important to you in your life at one time or another, they can still be important to you at another time again. And we can provide that medium for you to connect with them again. And at any moment, you could reach out to e each other um, and you can still find out what's going on in their life and you can connect with them in a meaningful way. And I feel like it's a sort of false promise because I don't really feel like Facebook does that more than just like proposing that it does that. But it is not unique in that way. I think there is value, though, in having like a circle of acquaintances or having like a broad peer group other than people you are closely connected with. Like this is one thing that I have always missed from being in school was that when I was in school, I felt like in addition to the people I was friends with or maybe the people I strongly disliked as well or the people I interacted with a lot, there was also just like this loosely defined social miasma of people who knew each other or kind of knew each other. And I do think on Facebook, the fact that you could, you know, reach out to someone and form a closer connection with them. But even if you don't do that, like, I mean, y your connections are not without value just because they're not particularly close. That's my opinion anyway. Like, I think there is there is value in having just acquaintances. That was one of the features that Twitter served for me. Mm -hmm. It's been kind of interesting because one of the one of the things is like there was there was a while in the early 2010s where my one of my primary online social spheres was YouTube related. It was 
the YouTube videos I made, the people I made YouTube videos with, and the people who I followed on YouTube. And I had people in that community who I was very close friends with, some of whom I'm still close friends with. And I had people that I just kind of knew, like, like, oh, yeah, I know. I know this person. And maybe we met at VidCon briefly that one time I went. Uh, or maybe they commented on my videos and I commented on theirs. And, I mean, it, it, it's not like so, – some of those people, like, are not truly deeply important to me in, in, in the way that, like, oh, I um, I wonder always about what they're doing. But, like, the, the, the mere fact of, of having a bunch of those people out there is, is kind of nice. Nowadays, a lot of those people I've either fallen completely out of touch with, which is fine, or um, was just – vaguely keeping tabs on them via Twitter. And I guess I'm not going to keep tabs on many of them anymore. It's one of the things is like I went through and I was like, yeah, this person, I mean, I like them well enough. It's just that like, I haven't thought about them in any deep context for years. And <laughs> I would feel very strange trying to make some kind of effort to form a closer relationship with them because I don't really want to form a closer relationship with them. And I haven't spoken to them in a long time. And they don't have any kind of publicly followable internet presence outside of the Twitter and Facebook corporations. So, well, I guess they're just gone from my life now, which is fine. Yeah, I, I think that it, like it's fine. And I think that reminds me of the like original thing I was thinking about, which is like kind of finding social connections during the pandemic versus what I guess the thing I'm thinking about doing and the thing you have actually done is kind of the like, is this ship sinking or like in survival mode like if i had to grab my like top uh, however many closest possessions who are also people i follow who are also like people i knew from youtube or different points in my life like who would i grab um versus like the more kind of day-to-day -day human hey this is uh people that i am kind of reading the discourse of the day or the fandom news of the day from um and who do i kind of get social connections from even though we may not interact directly with each other or you know that that kind of online relationship or social relationship versus the like i am leaving <laughs> and i have to make decisions and mm. that is kind of prioritizing and and calculating people who i am focused on or not focused on i don't know i feel like my my approach to that has always been shifting and maybe that's a good thing like i, I don't i don't know that i want to settle on a single correct answer for how to deal with all that i feel like it's it's more natural to like have different life phases and and say you know this is a phase where i have this kind of social relationship with people and then not not all relationships also have to be forever like i feel like i have people who i was very close friends with and high school and college and now never talk to and maybe never will again. And I, I mean, it'd be nice to hear from them. And if they were in town and wanted to like grab a drink or something, then I'd be happy to. But I don't think that the only way to like honor the importance of those relationships of my, of like my elementary school best friend is to like continue being friends with someone who I no longer really have all that much in common with. I don't know. I, I think I do think about my elementary school best friend a lot and I haven't spoken to him in a, a very long time. Um, and I believe he's married now. And yeah, I don't know. Oh, wow. It's, big, big mood. It's strange. <laughs> yeah. He was my best friend from elementary school through to high school. And we kept kept in touch after high school for a while, though. But yeah, after after a while, we just stopped being in touch. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's kind of a shame. But also, like, friendship doesn't have to be forever. It can be just a just a sometimes thing. This is not the action item, but action item. Go reach out to your uh, estranged childhood friend. Uh, I, I I also have um, a best friend from elementary school who I have, um, aside from Facebook, 
seen occasional updates have kind of fallen out of contact with. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know that I want to though. Like, I don't know that I want to. Yeah. Reach out. Like, I think I'm comfortable with. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it might be nice to like just write a note say, "Hey, I was thinking of you. Um, hope you're hope you're doing well." But like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want them to think that that's like my overture at attempting to reforge a connection because I don't, I don't particularly want to do that. Not that it would be unwelcome if it were to happen, but it's just not like, I feel like my life's in a different place right now where that's not something I yearn for. Yeah. I I don't know if I've actually used this line or acted on it, but it was something at the very beginning of the pandemic that felt like it was on my mind a lot of, well, what if I use the excuse of, hey, there's a global pandemic going on to reach out to some of the people uh, in my life that I've kind of been wanting to reconnect to. And I, I, I think there's like a, a sense where it's healthy and like there are relationships that had their time and mm. you still think about them. And maybe, you know, through the way the universe works and you end up places, they may become important again. And there's also like, I'm not going to actively kind of leverage uh, any of my actions to make that happen again. Well, I mean, what I would encourage is that like if there are people that you do wish you were still close with that you don't even you, I don't feel like you need an excuse or a pretext. I think I think assuming there was no bad blood, but even if there was bad blood, then maybe like, <laughs> I don't know, I think I think most people would not would not be upset to hear from you. <laughs> like, I don't know, this this may be different for you because of transition issues. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's that's not a particular thing that I face is that like I if I reach out to them, the name I'm using now is the name I was always using. So I don't know. It, it, do you think that's a factor? And yet, are you the same Tom as you have always been? No, no, not at all. <laughs> first knew them. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a factor, but it's a factor consistent with kind of everything about else about me as a person where I've probably would have been this way uh, where there are absolutely neighbors who are landmines who I avoid uh, when I go to my uh, childhood hometown to visit. Um, And part of it is like, I do not necessarily want to come out to them. But part of it is like, Mm. I don't know if we really had a thing uh, that I wanted to talk with them all that much anyway and this is this is a fine (laughs) reason that puts us over the top um it is a factor um and facebook i hate facebook but like one benefit of facebook is that many like extended family or people who are in my neighborhood that i am friends with i i did not have to have a conversation to come out with them because i made a public post mm. was it a public post or was it a friends only post who who can say mm. i made a semi public post there's different there are different publics yeah i made a se- semi public post on facebook when i um announced that i was transitioned and had a new name and whatever and that like people have referenced that facebook post mm. to me that has sort of saved me from having to have a number of uh, conversations i didn't want to have yeah i mean one one thing that i have done and will continue to do i think it's worth being very direct sometimes like i i have i have one person that i was friends with from back in the like the youtube days who i fell out of touch with and i kind of got the impression that they were a little mad at me, <laughs> like, and that mm-hmm. they weren't happy with the way things have gone in our in our friendship, or that they had a falling out with someone else who was close to me, and so they felt like I they didn't want to be friends with that person's friend. There was some I don't know, there was some bullshit. And at one point, I just reached out to them and I was like, "Hey, do you want to be friends?" 
again. Uh, and they were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, let's do a, let's do a Skype call. And then we had a great conversation. And then, so what I did was at the end of the conversation, I was like, yeah, let's do this again sometime. And let's not just say, let's do this again sometime. Let's put it on the calendar right now, which, uh, a little peek behind the curtain for the listeners is how we schedule this podcast. We don't, um, have a regularly scheduled recording. We, at the end of every recording, we, we schedule the next one. And this is a spoiler for you, um, rat for the time when, this podcast no longer exists. But that's probably what's going to happen when we stop doing this podcast is I'm going to say, well, <laughs> the podcast's over, but do you want to have a call two weeks from now or something like that? Because I have a number of friends with whom I'm on the like two to four week call cycle where it's like, all right, we have a scheduled call on this night. And then when we're done speaking before we hang up, we'll schedule the next one. And I don't know. I think being really direct and intentional is the best way to form or reform those kinds of relationships. Yeah, I think that um, logic is not something I have directly considered, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's um, it's a little counterintuitive because I feel like there's a there's a cultural notion that adults shouldn't behave that way. I don't know. I feel I feel like I re- I reached I reached a point in my late twenties where I was like, I think it's almost always better to be just like direct and honest about what you want from other people or if there's something like that that you want where it's like oh i think i want to be their friend or maybe do they really really want to be my friend or don't like that is uh, i don't know i don't want to do that dance i'm too old i'm an old (laughs) old man yeah i i will say i've had some very very valuable conversations with um particularly like some of my friends from high school where they like started a conversation with either like Here's um, something I've been stressed about or worried about how I can be a better friend or here's something like, can we have a conversation about like something that's been bothering me like that, that directness, even though it is like a kind of thing that is somewhat stressful to consider initiating has led to a a lot more kind of stable friendships by having that directness. Mm, Yeah. Uh, at, at my school job today, sometimes that is uh, how relationships work, and sometimes you, uh, you you just punch a student. That is a way to be direct with <laughs> Wait, your students, what? your feelings as well. Um, you punched a student? I didn't punch a student, but it's so, like, middle school, I, I did not, like, have these kinds of friendships in middle school, so it's so, like, amazing to me to watch the, the like, friendships where it's kind of like every time I see these groups of kids hanging out together they like seem miserable around each other but they are best friends like I never had middle school friendships like that uh but you know this this was a case of like one of those kinds of friendships um a group of girls like today was a like punch each other kind of day Anyway, I think I said most of what I was thinking about, well, I guess like we did talk around a little bit more the practical nature of like relationships and leaving Twitter versus the like, I don't know how much of it was like a moral or ethical motivation to do that. But I do feel like if I say so myself, I think we had a pretty nice conversation. No, yeah, I, uh, I, I think so too. I don't really know how much is one or the other either. Like I, I, I think it just is what it is. And this is something that I may soon blog about on my brand new blog. Are you, are you coming back to Tumblr uh, or you're making your own blog? No, yeah, I just, I just um, built my own blog using a thing called Ghost, which is kind of like an open source version of Substack. 
And it's a combination of a blog that's also kind of a newsletter. I just started setting that up uh, a couple days ago, and I'm, I'm going to launch it, hopefully within the next few days. So by the time this podcast is audible, it will have been running for quite some time, and you can view it at nowwearealltom.com. I don't think I'm going to go back to Tumblr. Maybe. I don't know. It, what's going on on Tumblr these days? It's been such a long time since I've really checked in. Uh, they've introduced a new feature called Tumblr Blaze, which I don't know if you're familiar with. Probably not, because you're not. No on Tumblr, but is a delightful new feature where any user can pay. It's just like a couple dollars to have a post be shown to a random assortment of users. Like you can pay a couple dollars and it will show like maybe five, I'm making up numbers here, but like 5,000 random Tumblr users, your post as if it is a sponsored advertisement and it is completely random. It is not something that is like targeted advertisement in any way. You, You pay a couple dollars and somebody sees your post uh, where ads are and they have also introduced a little bit before that a like subscription feature where you can completely go ad free on tumblr so there's with the introduction of tumblr blaze there is some amount of chaos that it has introduced (laughs) to the website in a fine way didn't they used to have a feature where you could like pay a dollar to change the color of your post background or something like that or add a sticker to it. There was some highlighted or make it bigger in the timeline, bigger, bigger on the I dashboard. Think at one point they had, yeah, like you could pin a post. Uh, I, I think that might have been the feature, which ha- has since been done away with. Mm. Now, now it's all Tumblr blaze. Tumblr blaze. Yeah, that's, that's a very strange uh, website. And I don't know if it, I don't know. I mean, maybe I should take another look at it as I'm re-examining what I'm doing with different online platforms. But I, I, I do think that part of what I've been doing in general, like with moving my music consumption to Plex and creating my own blog on my own site, as opposed to using a, a corporate service, although I kind of am using a corporate service, I'm using Ghost because you can actually, you can actually build your own Ghost instance on your own server, which I tried to do. And I found it was, it was too hard. <laughs> well, it's not that it was too hard. It was just that like, by the time I finished it, I was like, this is going to cost me like $11 a month. And the paid service from, from the corporation is only $9 a month. And I can always move it if I want to. So, so, I, but I'm trying to like get away from corporate owned platforms and Tumblr is a corporate owned platform. I don't really know what corporation currently owns it. Cause a number of, a number of corporations have owned it. Yes. Um, but I don't want to put a, another corporate platform at the center of my online experience. And yeah, so I just taught myself out of it. Nope. No Tumblr. I mean, I might, I might go back and post once in a while if I, if I'm feeling it, I might check out this blaze and get blazing. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think Tumblr is not going to be my new home. That, that, that is perfectly all right. Uh, I, I have many friends who are not on Tumblr. That is good. Uh, it's good to have friends for, who are not on Tumblr. <laughs> yes. Who, who have made that decision, uh, because they did not like the experiences they were having on Tumblr. Hmm. Do we want to talk about uh, upcoming action items? Yeah, I guess we um, have already talked about co- the past tense, to a- the actioned past tense items. So yeah, I feel like I should have an action item, but I haven't formulated it yet. Do you have an action item? Mm, I have two. Okay, God. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> One of them is to, uh, and this is following up on our conversation, is to reach out to someone that you haven't spoken to in a while and don't really particularly want to like form a close friendship with it with again, but reach out to them and just say, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I was, I was, I was thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. 
Hope you're surviving the pandemic. Hope all is well. Yeah. Just just like say hi. Um, that is one. Wait, before before you say the second one, please wait one second because speaking of corporations, um, my Microsoft Word account, the license was through my former employer mm. and the license has my account no longer active. So my Word document for social distance warriors where I take notes and write down the action items is not letting me edit because I don't have an active Microsoft Word license. Mm. So I am opening WordPad on my computer instead. Okay. Which is also a Microsoft product, but not one that you have to have to like have a, have an ongoing license for. Yeah. Do you ever think that maybe the stage of capitalism that we're living in is not the best one? Mm, people call it the late one. And I don't know. I mean, it is later than any other stage of capitalism we've encountered so far. Because it's later than it's ever been. Uh, if you if you want to um, say the action item, the first one, and, and then continue, now I can actually write it down. Yeah. Reach out to someone who you haven't spoken to in a while just to say hi with no expectation of rekindling a closer relationship. And you don't have to make that – you don't have to say, by the way, I have no desire to <laughs> – you don't have to do that. But you can just say hi and then – just let it be high. And then if they get back to you, that's great. If they don't, then that's fine too. Yeah, that's my that's my first action item. Do, do you want me to say my second one or do you have uh, one? To- um, I do have one to propose. Let me like talk my way into it because we've run out of time, but I want to like seed a topic for myself in the future mm. to come back to. This is like a clever little trap I'm laying for myself to remind myself the next time we record. There, there are layers. I'll, I'll let you do your action item and then we'll come back. The other one is to listen to an album by the band They Might Be Giants. I've been on a very big They Might Be Giants kick recently. Uh, and so I've been listening to many of their albums. I don't know. They have over, I think they have something like 25 studio albums and then a whole bunch of other compilations and rarities collections and live albums. But um, pick any of them and, and listen to them. Flood is good if you've never heard one. Have you ever heard They Might Be Giants? I have, um, but mostly they have a like run of kind of semi-educational songs. M- mostly those are the songs from them that I've heard. Yeah, they also have some explicitly educational songs. They've four of those albums I just mentioned are children's al- al- albums. Yes, like they have an album called like Here Come the ABCs and Here Come the One Two Threes, and then Here Comes Science. But uh, yeah, I would say those are those are all qualifying albums for this action item. But any of them, even one of the weird ones that's a, like a rarities collection, like Wiggle Diskette or <laughs> Album Raises New and Troubling Questions, which is my favorite title for any album. Wait, can you repeat the um, album title again? I had Flood and then you just said another one. Oh, um, Album Raises New and Troubling Questions. That's the name of the album? Yeah. It's one of those albums that it's like, it's not like they got into a studio and they were like, yeah, let's record an album. And they recorded this album. It's just like a compilation of weird stuff they've, they've done. They did over the course of several years that never made it into an album. So they just kind of like swept it up in a dustpan and then plopped it into an album and said, it's an album. It's not one of their better albums, but it is, it is their best album title, in my opinion. Okay, I'm ready for my action item. I'm going to go ahead and say... Visit a place you've never been before. Mm. How broadly are we defining place? It's open. For me, it will be a physical place, but for you and for you, the listener, it can be any definition of place. Mm. Okay. 
Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, then until next week, I'm going to advise all of our listeners to stay distant. And I will also ask our listeners to go the distance. And And follow us on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on Elon Musk's Twitter.com slash SDW underscore pod. Yes.